welcome to In the News. My name is Crystal Carmen Stevens. I am your host. I am joined by Father Bill Weary. Father, how are you today? Very well, Crystal, and everybody out there, God bless you. Nice to be here. Thank you very much. All right. So it's been a little bit since we've done a little program. It's, it's I missed you. Yeah, me, you, likewise. But Scheduling conflicts. Scheduling conflicts on both sides. Okay, so let's start off our In the News. I want to talk about the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Dinner. Fabulous. It was a fantastic evening. I want to thank the PA Pro-Life Association for hosting just a wonderful event at the Hershey Lodge. It was great. Um, Bishop Senior was there, as yep. was Bishop Emeritus uh, Gaynor. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was very, it was very wonderful. Uh, Bishop Emeritus Gaynor actually uh, said the opening blessing because Bishop Senior was in, he was in transit from his previous engagement. Yeah. It, it was very nice. Our keynote speaker was Ray, Raymond Nororio. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he gave a fantastic speech. Did he? Yeah. It was very um, inspiring. Inspiring. Yeah. yeah. It it was very inspiring. And also there was a high school student who had won the, um, uh, what was it? A national competition for oratory. Wow. Yeah. And she gave her speech and I wish I could remember her name. Uh, go on the PA pro-life website yeah. and find out this kid's name because she has a bright future ahead of her. Oh, what did yeah. she say? What did she What just generally speaking? It was, it was the argument for life. Her oh, yeah. speech was the argument for life and how we have to choose that. Isn't that great to hear that comment from the mouth of a teenage girl? From a high school, to, from a high school girl. It was from a high school student. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. It gave a lot of hope. It gave a lot of hope because you you hear the news, you see the news, and you think that these generations that come behind us don't have any sense. Yeah. And it was really nice to hear that there are some voices and there are some eloquent, strong voices. Well, let me just. Boast about our parish just a little bit. I talk about high schoolers. I have uh, one uh, kid who converted uh, a senior year in public high school right across from my parish, or my, my one parish, and he is in with both feet. He might be going into seminary this uh, this fall. And then I've got uh, another high schooler from the same high school presenting himself, a sophomore. And both of them, both of them got interested in the faith just by reading. I mean, they, they, they picked up the phone and called me, said, you know, I want to be I want to be Catholic. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, uh, the uh, just by studying church history and, and all that. But anyway, I, that's I, the way I became Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> by reading and studying church that's, history. You well, know, that's the best. I mean, um, I call them. It's a misnomer, but I call it intellectual conversions. And I know it's not just intellectual; it's also the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's you know, it's not the thing of well, my husband's you know Catholic, so I might as well be Catholic. Make one thing, which is not so bad. But it's not as good as the way you did it. I mean, you read and you prayed your way into it. That's fabulous. Yeah, so more, yeah. Anything, anything else about? I'm sorry. I was just wanted to say that it just when you when you when you see when you read the truth. Yeah. It touches your heart. It does. You know, and it it it, it opens your heart, and you right. feel, and you just you just want to learn more and more. And the more and more truth you learn, the more you know that the Catholic Church is the truth. Is the truth. Is, is the truth. truth. Yeah. And I can't get enough of it. I mean, I'm uh, 39 years a priest and I just love reading and learning more and more and more. Just fabulous. So what else about the banquet? Anything else? Um, That was it. Um, It was a wonderful evening. A wonderful evening. It must have been jam packed. I, mean, uh, was... I think there were like 800 people there. Wow. Yeah, there were like 800. Yeah. So 800 
uh, of different denominations. You know, uh, we had a Catholic opening and yeah. the, the closing was a, uh, a Protestant closing. So we had many de- denominations, uh, Christians there yeah. just, you know, unified in, in our in our love of life. Yeah. And it, you feel like a million bucks at, a, at an event like that. 800 people and all on the same page, hearts and minds united on this issue and, and other issues as well. But especially the pro-life issue with that teenage girl uh, just getting up to the stepping up to the plate and giving her speech. And oh, my gosh, you must have been on cloud. I was not there, uh, but I, I would have probably walked out just on on cloud nine. Uh, my my parochial vicar father, Richard Groff, newly ordained just this past June. He was there. And first time he experienced the banquet, so I'm I'm glad he did. Yeah, this was my first year experiencing it, and oh. it was just wonderful, wonderful. You know, and I I think we should all say a prayer. I wish I could remember her name, but I cannot for for that high schooler because oh, uh, I just can't the, the amount of strength that it takes for her at her age to hold that position. Right. You don't know if she was from a Catholic high school or a public high school? I don't remember. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. But either way, to hold that position. Either, either way, yes. You know, that, that is not a popular position in yeah. this day and age. All right. So I, I that was a wonderful evening. It was great. I want to move on to, um, want to move on to this really nice affirming article that I found in uh, The Crux Now. The story of a man who lived in Italy and yeah. he, he was a homeless man and he found solace at uh, St. Francis Church with some Franciscans and he did work for them and he just loved his community and his community reciprocated that love. And I want to say, I want to, I want to give you this quote and then I'd like you to, um, to talk about it. It's at the end of the article and it ends. It's a small scale lesson, the life of this man, perhaps that the Catholic church doesn't need to reinvent the wheel when it comes to inclusion. It just needs to let its natural instincts take over. That is amazing that you would quote that because I wrote that down when I was taking notes <laughs> on on the article. And uh, amen, hallelujah. I, I, amen. I, I certainly agree that um, we don't need to be in the wheel. Uh, sometimes we don't realize the giftedness that's right under our nose, right in front of our our eyes in our in our parishes. And this guy's uh, Beppe Rekosti mm-hmm. is his name. The, the man who's a homeless man, as you pointed out, just in Italy. Uh, and um just adopted by uh, the parish, and uh, what a what a great story that is. And I I try to go for that inclusion myself. We have a Saint Vincent de Paul, uh, uh, a monthly banquet, and the people from town, the poor from the town, come to that, and the parishioners serve. And sometimes a lot of talk about teenagers. A lot of our teenagers are there. Okay, serving the food. And boy, oh boy, I try to I I, I work the tables. They play they they have a meal, hot meal. And then they play bingo, <laughs> and um, they, and I try to work the tables and walk around and chat them up. These people, and I get to know them, and they they wave at me, you know, in the street, late, you know, later. And I sit down, you know, have a meal. I sit down, get my food, and sit down, and pick a table, and down with them and talk with them. And uh, so that that kind of inclusion is what Christianity is all about. That then all for one and one for all. Exactly, exactly. It is a uh... Humbling ourselves to serve those that need it, but Absolutely. also and and raising up the person in need with love. Yes, and this story of this guy—I mean, it's just an amazing story. He had a big, of course, a big funeral when he died. Mm-hmm. A lot of people came, and apparently, he was very amiable. 
and and very uh, very gracious. You know, would chat people up in the street, and a very very cheerful and, uh, and upbeat. And um, what a great testimony! So, to- as the as the uh, as the pastor said, Bebe's life speaks to us of the gospel. Yes. It was good news of rebirth and change. It's a story that has much to say to us because yes. we too, even if we're not living in poverty and hunger, sometimes we lose hope. But Bebe's life speaks to us about what's always possible. Yeah, right. And with love, everything is possible. Precisely. And you know, as the old saying goes, uh, you might be the only Bible that somebody reads. And this guy was a walking, talking Bible, in a sense, in, in his witness, mm-hmm. the, the spiritual life, where the guy who had nothing, he, was, he had nothing, and he died a poor man. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, spiritually rich. But to me, it seems like not only was he a, a living and breathing version of the gospel, but that town that embraced him. Yeah, that's right. Know, was also as well. Beautiful. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful story, um, which leads us to, okay, so we're talking about reinvention. And I guess with that, we need to just talk a little bit about the synod. Sure. Because um, there was a lot of trepidation at least yeah. in the American church, about the synod on synodality. Yeah. And they didn't reinvent the wheel. No, they didn't. I was happy with the with the outcome. I did not read the 41-page document. Maybe, maybe I will. Uh, but it was uh, the commentary I'm reading, it's sort of like it was much ado about nothing, which is actually good news. Um, I was happy with what was not said. Yes. And what was, and the restraint that was exercised there, I think largely because of the African contingent that, that you know, were really blowing the whistle and putting on, uh, slamming the brakes on the LGBTQ yeah. agenda. Cardinal and, Zen as well. Yes, Cardinal Zen. Was 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 he there at the at the Senate? No, I think no, he, I don't think he was. No, no, he was not at the Senate, but he sent his letter. That guy's amazing. He's yeah. over ninety, I believe. He is indeed. He is well, indeed. Anyway, uh, they did not even mention LGBTQ, uh, and they replaced it with um, the references to sexual identity or gender identity as kind of a compromise um there there's going to be um no new continental stages they, they scrapped that and that was going to be uh, other uh, stages levels of, of of the synod uh no in other words no further meetings of continents there were, there were going to be meetings of continents um and then of course further documents coming out of that scrap that which was i think a uh, good uh there are 1251 proposed amendments to the final final document which um, finally came out. I don't know how many of them were. I get. I, I don't know how many of them were were accepted. They also scrapped a suggestion for accountability of pontifical representatives by local bishops. Not sure what that means. Um, I think it means the nuncios. Uh, with the, the, the nuncios are the amba- Vatican ambassadors in the various countries. So that would have given, like, say, like the nuncio of. I, I don't know, Washington, D.C. Yeah. So that would have put yeah. like someone over over him. over him. Yeah, something like that, which would then in my brief understand my understanding would have then kind of, you know, broken. Yeah, the the chain of command. Exactly. I, I, I believe so. So they scrapped that and that's good. It would be uh, it would be placing the pope under under the bishop's oversight. Yes. Um, instead, the text mentions uh, renewing the procedures for bishops' selection with greater engagement and listening. Okay, maybe. Um, there was a suggestion for a, a, a synod council to assist 
the Pope in a church in in um, church governance. Church. Yeah, and that also disappeared. Yeah, supplanted uh, by supplanted by a proposal to to reform the Council of Cardinals in a synodal uh, way. Um, ecumenism was still there on on the front burner. And, yeah. Um, and the uh, and the idea. Of, I hate to do it, Father, but I got to interrupt you because okay. we have got to take a station break. Bye. And we're back with more Father Weary and myself, Crystal Lynn Carmen Stevens, and on in the news. Okay, so we we kind of stopped at the Senate and yeah. So here's my question to you, Father. There's this big ruckus in the beginning when it starts. Yeah. In the church, everybody's so afraid that um, the church is going to be changed so quickly and so drastically by by the synod on synodality. And then nothing happens. Yeah, right. What is that? I don't. I I, I don't know. The Pope is big on uh, the, his message is one of dialogue and conversation, and he claims to have no you know outcome specifically in mind. Well, he got that. He, he got no outcome. Um, he must be disappointed um, in some with some aspects of what did not happen and what was not said. But they're still struggling to define synodality. I think I have looked for definitions of that word because I that's what I like to do is look for definitions of words. And I have not found a definition of the word synodality. Mm. Like we a synod is an assembly of bishops, but what is synodality? Well, here's the thing. What is synodal? What, yeah. what do these words mean? Well, yeah, it's conversational, it's dialogue, it's con- consultation. But I'm reminded of a quote by G.K. Chesterton about having an open mind. You know, let's have open minds. Chesterton said that's fine, but an open mind is like an open mouth. Eventually it has to come down and close on something. You know, you, you can't have a perpetually open mind or you can't have a perpetually open mouth. Uh, you'll starve to death. You or very bad things can fly in. Or very bad things can fly in. Uh, that's correct. Uh, back to the uh, uh, outcomes or lack thereof. Yes. Uh, I uh, just um, also what was placed uh, um, sort of uh, on the table was an idea for new ways to exercise the Petrine ministry. That passed. Um, and and. and it was mentioned St. John Paul II said that briefly once, that maybe there are new there are other ways of exercising the office, the, the papal office. And it has changed over the centuries. Um, the, the papal office now, it's very it's very highly centralized, very, very quite frankly, quite powerful. And, um, you know, Pope Francis is trying to address that. He's trying to break that down. I uh, don't know if it's a good idea or not. Um, it's, it's, uh, but the, the, what those new ideas are uh, now, we all know, and they go back into session a year from now, mm-hmm. uh, October of 2024, they're going to do a replication of this, another three weeks or whatever session. So, um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And once again, I just have to repeat, I'm just happy about what was not done and, um, what was done, you know, I think was, uh, fairly harmless um but um you know again you know is it is, is it worth it to bring all these people 360 some people uh in in the senate uh in a small group discussion i saw the, we all saw the photographs yeah the round table the round tables eight to ten people at each table of course it was 
cut off from the public and from the media. And I guess there were, you know, press conference, periodic press conferences and all that, but the deliberations were closed. It was behind closed doors. And uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I probably should pick up that uh, 41 page document. As not a cradle born Catholic, as a convert, I must say that one of the things that drew me to the church yeah. was the structure yeah. that it brought yeah. to my right. life That's because right. there was a structure. Right. I got it. And, and you got it and you get it. And that is that is so true. You want to be careful about breaking that down. Um, it might not be a might not be a good idea. The, the hierarchical structure uh, to a large and I, now it can be tweaked. It's not doctrine. It's discipline. You know, we talk about the two uh, headings of the of church life doctrine, which is more or less unchangeable. Disciplinary, it's rules and regs mm-hmm. and, uh, can be, you know, can be changed, but it might not be prudent to change it either. Yeah, it has exactly. to be. So I think the Holy Spirit was at work in this synod by virtue of the filter, you know, and, and, and virtue of the preventative action. Because the Holy Spirit will, <laughs> yeah. will work that way as well, preventatively. I, I have to agree with you there. All right, Father, the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. We are a new show. We're talking about the news. We must talk about Israel and what is happening in the Holy Land, sure. Sure. which is heartbreaking. Terrible. Terrible. Um, I must say that I, I just my own personal belief here is that I don't understand the fury of so many people. Yeah. Um, I, I don't get it either. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, war is terrible. Terrible things happen. There are no winners. There are no winners. Everyone's a loser. Yeah. But I got to say that Hamas had to know, you know, what it was doing when it did that horrendous surprise attack. Yeah, quite frankly, I mean, uh, Israel's got to start looking at its intelligence apparatus. Um, they got with their pants down. They, yeah. they, did not, they did not see this coming. And I, a little surprising because I thought Israel would be really on on top of uh, that, you know, uh, intelligence wise. But there was a uh, there was a gap there that, that happened. In any case, yes, I'm with you on, on this um, ang- anguish. And I, I, I don't. You know, quite get quite frankly, you know the uh, the, the pro, you know the anti-Israel thing. I, I yeah, I get you know, and Israel is saying that the, the terrorists hide behind the civilian shields. They they embed themselves in the civilian population. If that's true, highly unethical. You don't do that in war. You don't and, do that in war. And there is a just war theory. Uh, that goes back to St. Augustine of Hippo and further developed by St. Thomas Aquinas, one of which is you do not directly target civilian population. There, there might be inadvertent collateral damage, yes, um, which is lamentable. I mean, we all grieve all over that. Nevertheless, to uh, you know, d- directly put yourself within uh, the, the civilians within harm's way is uh, reprehensible. To directly target civilians yeah. in the first place yeah is yeah. absolutely reprehensible i think so and, and i don't think somebody who's going to disagree with me but i don't think israel does that um, no i'm speaking of the hamas attack that started i, all I, mean, I understand i understand yeah. what you're talking about that was they're, they're directing I, I i did not see the videos or the uh 
Well, the photographs. Of I babies. couldn't bring myself to look at those things. Uh, dead babies, dead children. Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently, uh, you know, mutilated uh, in various ways. I just, uh, and then the hostages taking the hot, there's still hostages on, under their control. Yes. And, um, they're using that as, as a negotiation point. So I'm going to read you a quote from the Israeli uh, ambassador to the UN. And he says, please understand that for Hamas, kill Palestinian civilians, destroyed churches, burnt hospitals, etc. are an asset. They operate from the vicinity of those, not only in order to use them as shields, wow. but also because they know the public opinion will criticize Israel. Wow. Yeah. Well, I would certainly welcome, uh, uh, you know, clearer communication from the Palestinian Authority and, and the Palestinians of what, what their grievances are exactly. Um, I, I, they basically want Israel eradicated. Yes. Um, and the Palestinian Authority is like a semi-autonomous uh, country, but still under Israel. I know they object to the multiple checkpoints and uh, that that sort of thing. And uh, and the poverty that they apparently is a great poverty in the Palestinian population. But I would welcome uh, what what are folks? What are your grievances? Uh, what what is it you, you, there that you are angry about? And it's basically you know Israel Israeli governance of of the land. Yeah, They're conflicting claims to the land. It's just almost as simple as that. As that. The, the Palestinians are saying this is our land. Israelis are saying this is this is our land. And how you resolve that, I don't know. I think the, the Pope has come out with a two-state solution. That has always been on the t that yeah. thing. But um, it's my understanding that the Hamas charter is no, there will be no two-state solution. Right. It is the eradication of Israel. Yes. That they are going for right. So exactly. I don't understand how you negotiate or speak with people who 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 don't want to find a middle ground. Yeah, well, and I'm very disappointed in all the and all the people who who are willing to ally themselves with 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 people who are willing to do that. Yeah, it's 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 hard to understand, and it's uh, not going to be over easily. And I don't know, I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. It's you know, similar to the Ukrainian situation. And uh, that's another one, protracted war, just yeah. pro protracted uh, on ongoing war. And I know, I know that I'm sure the diplomats are working overtime on this, um, trying to, you know, get people to the table uh, to talk. And, and they've called for a, uh, not, a not exactly a, a ceasefire, but what's the term that that's being uh, call call for the UN is calling for I think the Vatican too a humanitarian the, the, yeah the Pope is calling for a humanitarian ceasefire he spoke with the president of Iran yeah uh in his call um he he, he asked for he, he points out the children of course you know that yeah let's have a ceasefire for the children right and to get civilians out and to get you know humanitarian supplies in and um so we, we 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 must pray and prayers are going up to heaven I'm, I'm heaven is being stormed with prayer and uh you know god's dealing with free will and he endows us with a free will and he does not violate that exactly and if that you know free will is put toward evil purposes again uh god will not will not violate that and um i mean there is divine intervention at times how god carries that out is very mysterious but generally speaking you know e e evil can have have its way uh the president of iran referred to the israeli airstrikes as terrible and unprecedented crimes of the zionist usurper regime amounting to the biggest genocide of the century i mean i just don't see how if you use inflammatory words like that 
Yeah. How um, how you can call for a ceasefire, humanitarian ceasefire. You right. know, I, I don't understand. Well, but I am not a geopolitician. No, but Israel Israel's trying to defend itself. It was attacked. It yeah. was uh, gratuitously attacked. Yeah. And uh it's it's in a defensive posture right now, although uh, although being very uh, very uh, aggressive in in their response and um you know being able to uh, keep things at bay and but for how long you know we don't know. I we do not know, but you know looking back at the Old Testament, um what else would you expect from Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and this has been going on. I mean, uh, war off and on. It's the consequence of original sin. And uh, until until Judgment Day, I do not expect a utopia or a paradise on earth before the final judgment. And we're just uh, off and on. Unfortunately, we we have to deal with this. But we have to pray for peace, and we have to pray for. I mean, I, coexistence. I guess. You know? yeah. Well, the Pope said it's a little ingenuous, but, uh, you know, I sort of get it. He says everybody should be on just one side, and that is the side of peace. That's that's what he said. That is absolutely true. And on that, I have to end us. Father, will you give us a prayer to go out with? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, keep us in your, your grace. We pray for Israel. We pray for Ukraine. We pray for the aggressors and the, the defenders. And Lord, help us to sort that out. And may this radio station be blessed as we get out the message through Christ our Lord. Amen. May Almighty God bless you. All in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Crystal Carmen Stevens, with Father William Weary. And this is In the News. We'll see you next time.